So then, it is evident from them, however, that according to the... Now, this, I'm quoting here from the Catholic Encyclopedia concerning Simon the Sorcerer. It is evident from them, however, that according to the tradition of the second century, Simon Magus appeared as an opponent of Christian doctrine and of the apostles and as a heretic or rather as a false messiah of the apostolic age. Simon Magus, the rest of the story. Going on, I'm quoting Irenaeus, who was uh, an early church leader. He said, all those who in any way corrupt the truth and harm the teaching of the church are the disciples and successors of Simon Magus of Samaria. This guy is a lot more than you realize. Let me move on. Now I'm quoting Irenaeus again. They put forth indeed the name of Jesus Christ as a kind of lure, but in many ways they introduce the impieties of Simon, spreading to their hearers the bitter and malignant poison of the great serpent Satan, the great author of apostasy. What's he saying? Let me sort of congeal or summarize it for you. This early church leader is saying, if you cannot stomp them out, you infiltrate them, and you take their teaching and you just change it enough to where you corrupt it and it becomes ineffective and spread that and let people believe a lie, pretending to be Christian but denying the power thereof, and you will have succeeded in destroying the movement. You and I are contending for the faith today. We are contending that he's the same Jesus yesterday, today, and forever. He not only saves and forgives your sins, but he empowers you through the Holy Spirit. He fills you with the Holy Spirit. He manifests himself through you in speaking in tongues, in word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and miracles, and healings, and discerning of spirits, and faith. We are saying he's the same Jesus, same Holy Spirit, and we are contending for the faith this morning that just because you believe it passed away doesn't make it so. We believe it did not pass away. We proclaim it, we practice it, and we will walk in it. It is a lie of the devil to corrupt the gospel and deny the power of God to set people free. Do people still need deliverance? Are there people who are bound in things that simply confessing their sins and repenting of their sins and accepting Jesus does not do enough for them? It doesn't set them free. Are there people sitting in churches right today that are controlled by demons, that are oppressed by demons, and they are professing Christ, but they are bound up and they are not free? Are there people in churches today? Yes. And what do they need? They need somebody to stand in the pulpit and say, we can get the devil off your back. We can pray over you. We can speak the word of God over you. And the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit can set you free. But we've got to have some preachers that are willing to put themselves out on a limb. We've got to have some believers that are willing to stand behind that preacher. We've got to have some firebrands and not just this wimpy, whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. Come and join our dead church. (laughs) Got to be some Christians who'll say, you know, I've been searching for a place where they preach the word and don't back down on it. I've been searching for somebody, some people that will allow the Holy Spirit to move. I've been hungry. I've been thirsting. I've been praying. I've been searching and looking for a place where God's allowed to be God, where the Holy Spirit is allowed to move and where people see the manifestation of the power of God. There's got to be some people that will hunger after that and support that and stay with it. Otherwise, it'll never happen. That's why you've got so many churches that are full of dead people because they'll support something dead because they don't want to embarrass anybody. Well, in just a minute, you're going to see that Jesus will embarrass the hell out of you. 
When he shows up, folks, he's going to root out that hell that's in a whole bunch of Christians that are going to church and professing one thing and living another. The Bible says, let judgment begin at the household of God. And if it begin there, what will it be out there? Amen. His window is in his hand. And when Jesus preached on this earth, folks, he didn't preach no feel good. Everybody's okay. You're okay. I'm okay. We're just all serving the same God. We're just all going to the same place. Mm-mm. He said, there's one way. One Jesus, one Messiah. The Bible says after he preached some hard sayings, a lot of them went back and followed him no more. Oh my God, what happened to church growth? You can't do that, preacher. Glenda's here this morning. She was in our church in Florida. Time when the Holy Spirit was moving and it was crazy. When the Holy Spirit moves, it is crazy to the natural mind, but it's not crazy to the spiritual mind. Because God's doing something deep, far deeper than the outward manifestation, but there will be outward manifestations. Don't get hung up on the outward manifestations. Look deep and see what God's doing inside the person. And there were people who would prophesy and say, oh, this thing ain't going to work. You're losing people. And we were losing people. You're going to go bankrupt. You're not going to be able to pay your mortgage. $6,400 a month before you pay the first electric bill. But you know what? God came through. There was more than enough money. Never missed a payment. Never missed a salary. Never missed anything. If you'll do what God calls you to do, if you'll do the word, the Bible says that a doer of the word is blessed in his deed. The blessing is on this word, church. This word is anointed. If we will just take this word, what it says, and do it, God will bless it. If we'll quit changing it, quit setting dates for things to end, quit trying to psychoanalyze God, and just let God be God and put ourselves at his disposal instead of trying to make him a Santa Claus, then we'll see the power and the glory of God.